So we're looking at where do we go from here? We are now the year 2022 and we're asking what is God saying in us moving forward? We probably all agree that COVID has had a major impact in how we live today. Yeah, there's still residues of that uh, with, with folks still wearing masks. There's still questions over vaccinations uh, and gatherings. Society is also changing. You'll have heard about the Great Reset, deconstructionism. These are all movements that are looking to shed off the moral values of previous generations. I think that's quite concerning. Um, I was saying to some folks this morning that the, uh, the movie censorship group, I was reading uh, a few articles, they are looking at, rem at removing bad language as a criteria for giving the age group of a movie or a program because they're saying everybody's using bad language now and therefore it cannot be a criteria. And it just begins to show where we are heading in terms of some of our societal changes. And so because of those changes, we need to change. Believe it or not, the way that we do church has not always been the way that church has been done. It has changed when things have changed in the society around them. That doesn't mean that the church is changing according to society, but God wants the church to be ready for the things that are coming. And we need to make sure we are changing within that. So what kind of changes are we talking about? Well, one is about our investment in relationships. There is a real danger in how we do church in the West that people attend on a Sunday for our public gatherings, but there's no relationship within the week. Why is that a danger? That is a danger because we are called to live as a family together that provides accountability, support, protection, encouragement. It provides a whole host of things. So there is a kind of question about how we do that. That also means that our investment in relationships isn't just about church, but it's also about family, about neighbours and work colleagues. Our real mission field are the people that we are networked to. Let me repeat that. The mission field that we have are the people that we are networked to. What does that mean? That means your unsaved family, your unsaved neighbours, your unsaved friends, your unsaved work colleagues, they are your main mission field. And we need to develop some strategies and equipping to help that. And equipping is a major thing. Ephesians 2 verse 10 tells us this, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And that raises a massive question. What has God prepared for you to do, for me to do? What has he prepared for us to do? It's not like we're kind of saying, well, I want to do this, I want to do that. God has actually prepared stuff that he wants us to be engaged in. And it would be a great tragedy to achieve a whole load in the world, to make a whole load of money, to get a whole load of acclaim, to get a, uh, I don't know, an OBE from the Queen or whatever it is, you know, to win a whole load of awards. And then when we come to stand before Jesus, he says, but that's not what I had prepared for you. 
And so there's a responsibility for us as a church to be asking that question. I'll share a little bit. We had a nine to nine prayer and fasting on Tuesday and the focus was what is the Father doing? And so it comes out of that whole sense that God has prepared stuff for us to do. Now here's the really good thing. God's prepared stuff to do from the ages of Liam onwards to, I won't mention any names, to some older folks. Here's a a kind of simple thought. If you are still here on this planet, God still has something for you to do. There is no unemployment in God's kingdom. He still has something to do. It changes over the years. Things change. Why? Because we change and because God moves us into different uh, seasons of where we do things. But we still have something to do. And that needs to be in the forefront. Because quite often we can get into a mode where our main life is our life outside the church, but we come and we kind of do and are involved in a few things. And that doesn't mean we're talking about activities in the building. The church is us as a people and we're saying, God, what are you saying to us about what we should be engaged in? The word here is partnership. You know, I love the word partnership. One of the things that I've always struggled with in church leadership is the kind of more old autocratic style of leader that you have uh, the pastor and he's the one who does everything, who makes all the decisions. We have never led like that. Our church structure goes like this. We have a church council. The church council legally are our managing trustees. And on that church council is myself, Alan, Michelle, and then we have two other people, John Price from Wombourne Church. You'll know John. Uh, he's well long in the tooth in serving God. And another guy called Dave McEwen, who's led two churches up in the north, and he's part of a ground level network and, and somewhere else. Why do we have that as our church council? Because it's not about me. Yeah, it's broader. Then we have a core team. So the core team, they are given day-to-day responsibility by the church council to run the church. They report back to the church council. The church council meets four times in the year and all things are discussed there. And they also ask us the tough questions. And our core team is myself, Michelle, Alan and Jocelyn. We are the core team. And so we're responsible day to day, but we have an accountability that goes through because it's about partnership. It's not about one person making all the decisions. It's about us hearing God together and working that through. Philippians 1, 3 to 6 says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. There is a partnership we have with each other in terms of the gospel. In Philemon 4 to 6, he says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith 
may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Jesus. So we've got a partnership in the gospel and we've got a partnership in the faith. That is in being a church together. We have a purpose here at Hope Church. Remember Ephesians 2.10. We are his handiwork. And there is so much more. This is where I get excited. I look out and see all of you. There is so much that you can do in Christ. There is stuff that you can do that I could only dream of doing because it's your call, it's your gift, it's stuff that God has for you. And this kind of idea that we have a small team of leadership, of deacons or whatever, and they do the stuff, that is not the way scripture tells us to do things. We need some of those gifts and we'll talk about that. But we are in the priesthood of all believers. You've all got amazing gifts that God wants to use. And as a leadership team and as a church council, we do not want to hinder those gifts that God has given you. We want you to help discover it. We want to help equip you and to release you in operating within that. And that will bring a richness into this church that we have not seen. Now, I'm not saying we're not using our gifts, but I think there is so many more that can be released. The kind of statistic that is thrown out these days is that 20% of any group do the work of everybody. 20%. In Christian terms, they call it recycling Christians. Recycling Christians is where you find the same people in every different area working and doing the stuff. And so there's a big question, how are we going to partner together in God. Now, before you all fall asleep, we're going to do an exercise together. Yeah, I'm going to get you in a moment to sit with uh, two or three other people, and I want you just to go through a very simple process. This came out of a leader who um, wanted to challenge his church in how they think about church. And the idea is this, that when Jesus took on his ministry mantle, and he called his first disciples, he had three and a half years before he went. Think about that for a moment. Jesus didn't take on the calling that he had to be doing that in 40 years' time. He knew three and a half years, and in that time, he had to get these guys ready. Now, here's the challenge. These disciples, they were fishermen, they were tax collectors, they were zealots, they were working class people, and Jesus called them, and in three and a half years, he would leave and he would not replace himself. Think about that for a moment. And so the exercise I want you to do this morning in groups of two or three is I want you to ask the question, let's say, and this is only um, for purposes of this exercise, I don't want people saying Simon is leaving in three and a half years. But I want you to think for a moment, what if for three and a half years is all you've got that I'm here? For three and a half years is all you've got in terms of the leadership team and then God is going to move us somewhere else and there is no replacement. You are that replacement. And I want you to talk for 15 minutes and I want you to ask the question, if we've got three and a half years 
What do I need to do as the pastor? What does the leadership team need to do? And what do you need to do in those three and a half years that when we are gone, everything will continue and be fruitful? Is that okay? Is that kind of clear enough? So feel free to move your chairs about. Two or three of the people, so you all get a chance to chat. You've got 15 minutes, so we'll come back just after 22. Have a conversation. What might be helpful if you can record the kind of things you think we need to do, because it would be great to go through that. One headline out of your discussion. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so prayer is vital. Brilliant. Like it. Anybody else? Okay, praying for other leaders to come through. Yeah, like that. Anybody else? Yes? We put recognizing gifts and then supporting people in their gifts. And <laughs> yeah, I like that. Recognizing gifts and supporting those gifts. Yeah, really good. Anybody else? Yeah. I've got about 30 edits here, but I'll, I'll skip through. <laughs> More people involved in making decisions apart from the core team, the council, who appear to be the same people, but in brackets, we lack volunteers. Yeah. Because when I've come back to the mother and toddlers, that hasn't come about because we lack one person. Yeah. And if you're looking at, as you said, the overall pitch in three and a half years, if the core and the council team went. Yeah. If we can't rebirth a toddler group, then we're going to struggle to look after the church. Yeah. 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 yeah, so if you didn't catch that, so the kind of pricey of that is we need more volunteers uh, so that we can replace and grow leaders so that if one set go, we've got other people coming through. Yeah, like that. Anybody else? Yes. You said that about exercising gifts in the church that when we exercise gifts we'll have volunteers and pastoral care and teaching and having like interactive teaching as well so that we are not just listening to it but we're actually practicing what's being taught. Okay. So again, growing gifts, doing it interactively, releasing gifts, yeah, like that. Well done young people group. Yeah. <laughs> you're the next you're the next church council. <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah, on ours we said share responsibility yeah. and encourage interaction and be ready for change to do, do things differently. I like that. So share responsibility, be ready for change. What was the other one? Do things differently. Do things differently. Yeah. You know, Einstein said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing but expecting different results. So that, that challenges us in that. Anybody else? I think one of the other groups have their... Discipleship. Yes. Discipleship. Discipleship, yes. One of my favourite subjects. <laughs> yes. Uh, I thought that we could have something like in the life of a leadership team and um, what you actually do so people know more of what you do and yeah. Yeah. See, I like that, you know. 
you know, a transparency that people can see what we get up to. Yeah, I, I like that. Brilliant. Yes. Amongst those as well that we've said, but also be a family, so yeah. the older generation are helping the younger and Yeah. Yeah, if you didn't hear that, it's kind of being a family, the older generation helping the younger. One of my bugbears in today's society is that we sideline older people. Uh, somebody made a comment on, on some social media that said, if you want to become invisible, become old. But, but you, know, you know, the challenge, the challenge in that is that older people carry the life experience. I, you know, I have no issues with young people taking on responsibility and stuff, but there is a wisdom that you can only get that is born of years of experience. You can't do it any other way. And we need to make sure, and the Bible has a very strong foundation that we do that. That In the temple, I mean, I really like this. If I was an Israelite in the temple, you retire at 50. <laughs> you work from 20 to 50. Yeah? No, they live longer, but you retire at 50, but your responsibility then was not to do the work, but to oversee it and encourage and help the next generation come through in that. And so, you know, all of those things, we could talk a long time about that. I made some notes. I said, what do we need? We need to replace people. We need to equip people. And we need people to be willing to be involved. The purpose of this exercise is that actually... We all belong to Hope Church. Let me tell you, this is not my church. This is our church. I am not the head of this church. Jesus is the head of the church. And we try to do what he asks us to do. And out of that, I want to say you are always welcome to come and talk. Yeah, I make mistakes. I put my hand up. I make mistakes. I get things wrong. Hopefully I correct them. But I make those mistakes. I need all of us to work together in it. I, I love that idea of discovering gifts. It's not our role as a church leadership to tell you what you should be doing. Let me just say that from the outset. Uh, I've changed how I see historically church do things that I don't tell people what to do. I ask them what they should be doing. Because that's how I see Jesus doing it. Yeah? I could have gone round and said, oh, we need somebody for the toddlers. And I could have said, can you do it? Can you do it? I didn't do it. I just said, it's out there. Now, actually, we've had somebody come forward, and the likelihood is that that will go ahead. But the person who come forward is not someone you would naturally think, because God is thinking outside of the box. And so I want to encourage you, part of this for me in terms of involvement is the ownership. In a family, we have different roles, but we are all part of that family. We're all part of it. We might have a different function, we might have a different task, but we all belong to the family. We are equally valuable and working those things through. And so that's why I really feel the term partnering or partnership is where we need to go. We need to partner together. Now, I'm not saying that in three and a half years I'm not going to be here in the leadership 
team isn't going to be here. But a foregone conclusion is that things will change. Yeah? Some of us on the leadership team, I'm not looking at anybody, Alan. Some of us on the leadership team, yeah, will want to step down. Yeah, see, his wife's saying he's 70 next year. He's only just starting. Wasn't How old was Moses when he took it on? <laughs> and, and folks don't understand the responsibility that you carry when you do those things. If I, I would love you to come and join us a day in the life of the leadership team. Yeah to sit in on some of our leadership meetings, some of the things that we, we deal with, to see what we do in the day. Contrary to popular belief, I work more than just on a Sunday. You know, that there was, there was a, a joke many moons ago where they were looking at bringing in a four-day working week, yeah, instead of a five, and they said, don't tell the Pentecostals because they don't want to increase their workload. Tongue-in-cheek joke. But I'd love it, you know, I'd love it to, to, to kind of say, yeah, let's see people grow. I want to see our young people grow. And then there is this recognition for us as the people, maybe it's you. Maybe the next evangelist at Hope Church. We desperately need an evangelist. Why do we need an evangelist? Because an evangelist sees people get saved. I, I can tell you this. From experience, I have done full-time evangelism in my past for a three to four year period. Yeah. And that is every day on the streets talking to people. And I can make this very um, clear assertion. I only ever saw people get saved when I was working with an evangelist. And, and the most frustrating thing was the evangelist would talk about nothing. I'll share one situation. I, we used to work with something called the King's Coach. We had this exhibition bus that had the gospel on. We would park it in the town centre and we'd stop people and say, hey, what do you think about Jesus? And me and a friend, he's an evangelist, I'm not. We stopped these two young guys and we split them up so we can share the gospel with them individually. And so I was talking to one, he was talking to the other. And you know the kind of conversation where you can still hear what the other guys are talking about. So here's me, because I'm more of a teacher. So do you know that you're a sinner? You know, what do you think about sin? And do you know why Jesus died? And do you know what we need to do? Well, we need to ask him to forgive us and we, we need to repent and then he will forgive us and we need to receive him into our hearts. We need to follow him and he will give us the Holy Spirit and, and we need to make sure that we're following him. Well, what do you think? He says, oh, it's a nice bus. <laughs> My friend, who's the evangelist, He's talking about the football team, Arsenal. He's talking about holy cheese from Switzerland. You know the cheese with the holes in it? All I'm, I'm listening. And he says to the guy at the end, so what do you think? And, he, and literally he says this, what must I do to be saved? And I go, what? Because it's a gift. Evangelism is a gift. Now that doesn't mean we don't lead people. I've led plenty of people to the Lord but the evangelistic gift operates in such a way that people come and respond to that gift. The teaching gift is there to make things clear. 
If you go to school or to college or university, you will have some teachers who don't have a teaching gift. And you'll be sitting there going, what on earth are they talking about? Pastoral gift. You will have noticed in the last 12 years, I am not the best pastoral gift. I'm actually, I'm not a very good pastoral gift at all. We've had in our history some phenomenal pastoral gifts, and maybe you're the next pastoral gift. We look at the prophetic. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Sam. <coughs> Sam Joseph has a prophetic gift. And I guarantee you there are others. Liz carries a prophetic gift. There are others of you that have a prophetic gift. Well, it's time to shine. We need the whole of Ephesians 4 ministry, and I'll put my hand up, and our leadership team will put our hand up, and the um, church council put their hand up. We do not carry all those giftings, but we understand that God has given them to us, and they're here. One of the things that we kind of used to say as a rule of thumb is the way you respond to a situation gives you an indicator of what gift you have. So just think back for a moment. So... You know, when your children fall over and hurt themselves, so I'm a teacher, yeah? So my son falls over, comes home, it's hurting his feet, and say, what did you do? Is Well, if you did this, this, and this, and this, that wouldn't happen. That's a teaching gift. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> the prophet will say, it's going to get better, let's just pray, you know, person of faith will lay hands on, say, let's see it healed. The pastoral gift will be what the kid needs. Come, give us a hug. I love you. Different gifts in operation, and those gifts are here. I would love to see those gifts released. Yeah. Why do I want to see those gifts released? Because I don't want to be the only one operating in a gift. And I'm not saying I am, because there's other gifts. Natalie's using her gift in worship leading. You know, we've got people involved in junior church, in Hope Kids, in Hope Youth. We've got different gifts on the go. I am really happy if we have a multitude of gifts. It doesn't bother me if I don't preach on a Sunday because we've got better preachers. It's about releasing that. And when you think that Jesus, the first thing Jesus did when he started his ministry, here's a challenge for all department leaders, for me, the first thing Jesus did when he started his ministry, he appointed his replacements. It's the first thing that he did. And I want to encourage you I really hope that the way I think we are as a leadership is the way we are, that we do not hold on. I remember saying years ago in the church, the way we hold our gift is the way you would hold a bird. You don't hold it so tight that it dies, and you don't hold it so loosely that it flies away. You hold it just right. Because these are things that God imparts to us. And so I'm saying to you that there is no, there's no lower or upper age limit in ministry gift. Yeah, God appoints and we want to recognise that. The challenge within it is, is how involved we want to be. Time is shooting away. Let me just mention some practicalities. One of the things that comes out of this, I hope you all kind of understand, if I look at my role as pastor of the church and our our leadership team, if we take that idea of three and a half years, the thing that I need to be doing with my time is investing in people and developing and growing them. I hope you understand that. That is probably the biggest thing 
that I could do. Yeah? It's to sit down with young people, sit down with whoever's got a gift, whoever's won't say, I'm going to help you to grow and develop that. And as a leadership team, we come alongside, yeah, let's see that grow and develop. But let me tell you, that is a full-time job. To develop and grow people is a full-time job. We mentioned prayer. Prayer is really key. And if you looked at the apostles, they said part of their calling was the ministry of the word of God and prayer. And that's what we need to be doing as well. But you would not believe how much time is given up to practicalities. Who keeps our website running? Who answers the telephone? Who does charity commission stuff? You know, we have a whole load of legal things that we need to do with the charity commission. We have to have policies and stuff. Now we're getting some help within that, but there is a never-ending thing. This building needs looking after. If you come in now, we're beginning to see kind of a wild undergrowth coming up on our car park. We need to sort that out. And I am happy to do those things, but I don't believe it's the best use of my time. It's not because I'm not willing to serve. I will serve anywhere. I will clean the toilets. I will put out the chairs. But I need to do the things that only I can do. And some of those involve equipping and training and helping people move forward. And so I want to encourage you, ask yourself the question. So we've got building care and maintenance. We've got pastoral care. We need a pastoral care team. What does that involve? That involves phoning up people, saying, how are you doing and how can we help? Some people, they just need to be able, they're on their own. They need to be able to talk to somebody on the phone once or twice a week, 40 minutes or something on the phone. We need a team who can do that. Go and visit. Break bread with them. That's what a pastoral care team would take on board. We need administration, organisation. There are more roles, community engagement and outreach. All of those things. And so I want to encourage you to ask the question, what is the work that God has prepared for me to do at Hope Church? There is a role that he has prepared for you. And some of these things are seasonal. Yeah. So to mention Michelle, Michelle has served on this leadership team for about 12 years. Yeah. Her season is changing, her commitments are changing, and she kind of wrote us a letter as a leadership team and said, look, things are beginning to change and I'm not going to be able to give my best to the leadership team, so she's stepping down. At the end of this month, she'll step down for that, and we need other people to step up to that. These positions are not lifelong. And so I want to ask you to ask the question before God, what is God saying to you? We will pray with you, we will help equip you, and we will do everything we can to support you and seeing those things go through. Time's gone. Other things that I could have spoken about I might mention uh, next week. But I want you to ask those questions. What is God saying to you? And, and if, you do, if you go with one thing from this this morning, is that the future of this church is that we are all in this together. It's not about this person or that person. It's about us together as a family moving forward. And you know what I'm excited about? I think there are ministries that God wants to release 
that is a leadership team we couldn't even dream up of, but that God is placing in people's hearts. And I think there'll be some of you, you might be surprised at what gifts you have that God will use to grow this church. As ever, if you want to chat some of this thing through, grab one of the leadership teams, say, hey, let's have a coffee together. I'd love to chat those things through with you. Time's gone, so I'm going to finish there.